I certainly don't remember there being court attendance, no. But the, but if the court, if the ball went out of the court, which it which it would happen, the little kids would scramble and go get the ball. I'm James Zug, and this is Outside the Glass. Next week, we have the start of the 2020 J.P. Morgan Tournament of Champions in Grand Central Terminal. It's an incredible event. People from all around the world come every year to New York to uh, attend the TOC. And it's got a great history. Today, we're sitting down with Melissa Winstanley. Melissa started playing squash in the 1970s at the L Club here in New York. And she joined the staff, the World Professional Squash Association. And uh, as part of her job, she uh, started putting on uh, portable glass court pro events. And her first event was in January 1982 at the Sheraton in, uh, in Toronto. And that uh, event is the Tournament of Champions. She has uh, done everything uh, behind the scenes, putting together these tournaments. We, we calculated she's probably done almost 100 uh, pro events. So here we, uh, we get into um, some of the history of the TOC and um, some of the changes that you might notice uh, this year and um, uh, some of the things that have uh, remained constant uh, throughout all these uh, many, many, uh, many, many tournaments over many years. So enjoy. So there have been um, portable courts, again, sort of rudimentary in England, but there had never been one in North America, a tournament. So I think you, you, you did the first one at the Sheridan. And what did people feel about it? What, what happened? That, do you remember that tournament? Like I do. I do. Um, I remember, I remember, you know, that we weren't sold out and, and we only had maybe 150, seats. maybe 200, maybe 250 seats. Um, just in the back, behind the back wall. Just in the back, behind the back wall. And so there was this huge ballroom yeah. and this tiny little court and this, you know, back wall seating and really nothing else. Did you drape it, the rest to cover it up? I'm, I'm sure we did. Left it no, we draped the back, yeah. you know, going towards the stage so that you couldn't, couldn't go. But it was, it was really rudimentary. It was, it was tiny. Um, and then, you know, it gained traction. Mm. And by, when was the Iraqi, when was the Kuwait invasion? Um, 91. 80, 90, oh, that was until... Well, it was 86. 86 when, is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, okay. which is five years earlier than that. But that's when Jahangir was over. And so that 80, sorry, 84, 85 was Jahangir. So I have a picture of, of the, th eventually when it was three glass walls and a still solid uh, front white front. head wall. Right. And Jahangir is playing Mike Desonier and there are 1,500 people there. Yes. And I, and In the same ballroom. Same yes. ballroom. And I'm saying it, it evolved in the, that little short amount of time from this, this tiny little cube in this huge ballroom to now being Chairman Mills was, um, you know, we, we contracted with Chairman Mills. They built booths and they built um, places for Don Goodwin. Don was with us. I, I hired Don very early on. Yeah. Um, How did you meet him? Or you just heard him on, on TV? I, 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 I happened to be at a lunch with him one day, and, I, and it just, we clicked, yeah. and never looked back on our friendship from then. 
He was just so amazing. Amazing, yeah. Um, anyway, and so yeah. we had, and, and then Xerox was by 86 sponsoring the event. Mm -hmm. And we would have, you know, a little VIP area. It, this is, you garden. did not have a little VIP no, area. No, you're right. We had you the, built a tent, tent inside the ballroom. We did. A tent. A tent. Like a, a, tent. a tent. Like we were we out at a golf championship. It was a we, VIP marquee corporate tent. entertainment tent. I kept Food. looking at it. Oh, think, soup to nuts it was. And we spent a fortune on it. And Xerox, by, by that time, I, I had a nice budget from Xerox. It was, it was lovely. Um, and we had swag and we had, um, you know, as, as John said, soup to nuts. It was, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Um, and that's when you really also started to have media. You had real media attendance. And we had a media and real, day. You had media coverage. I um, remember that media, that media day, I think it was that year, um, our son Matt was seven and he was in first or second grade. Mm. And just before media day was about to start and I was going to introduce people, um, I got a call from a school saying that he had um, the measles. So I needed to come pick him up. Immediately, yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen, but anyway. Um, and you, when was your first When did you first play? Tournament. I probably played in 83, I think. You think so? Because it, it was January. Mm. Or was it April? I don't, can't no, remember. No, it was what, January because New Year's it Day. It was January, that's right. I was always <clears throat> working New so Year's Day. I think January of 83 would have been my first. Right. I don't even know that I was. I played on the glass. I have no idea. I don't even know who won it. Oh, I don't know either. Right, right. But well, we can look that up in the program. Right. But um, this was like a massive. I mean, you probably didn't feel. Maybe you did. Was it like? Did you know this is really changing squash forever? Having a having a portable court in a ballroom. No. Or were you just sort of like, this is what we're doing? And no, because squash was still so small. So small. Yeah. And and it it was kind of. A little bit big in Toronto, right. it certainly wasn't big throughout North America right. at all. Right. Um, so I would go back to the U.S. where I'm from and yeah. talk about squash, and people would, you know, look like. And they'd say, "Oh, what are you doing?" You're like, "Well, I help run this tournament," and they'd be like, "Yeah." I mean, our biggest tournament in the states was at Uptown yeah. on a court oh, with right. I don't know 75 to 100, if you could make that work over the right. single back glass wall, and and that was you know fifty thousand dollar tournament it was huge. I think what we no. did know, though, was that our glass court was clear. The, mm -hmm. the glass was just like your kitchen window. Right. 100% clear. You could clear. see, right. And I think we were aware of this product called ContraVision, mm -hmm. which the UK, right. whatever, plastic courts, because in the early days for the UK courts, they were plastic. They were, they were, plastic, they were perspex. Perspex. Yeah. And the ContraVision was a one-way dot film right. that would be applied to the plastic. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. I don't. I don't even know when the first double dot baked glass was made. Um, Fifteen years ago, twenty years ago. But in these early days, for uh, for our tour, playing hardball on a clear glass court, it was insane. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> on the court, you could see. It so was for you, it was really hard to pick up the ball. How was it? It's, it was crazy. I mean, we were all in, but the quality of what we knew we were producing was less than we would produce on a, you know, court. You really trouble picking up the ball. Yeah. Yeah. The, the best thing was that this court had a solid front wall. Right. So there, uh, that helped a lot. That helped a lot. Um, and I don't, were we playing with a green ball? 
then, or were we playing? We weren't playing with a red ball yet. I don't think. Oh, can't even remember whether golly, the, I can't remember. What, what color back the in the floor? The floor was white, right? Yeah. Right, clear. Yeah. No, it was. It, it was, it was, no, white, it was but white. It was painted white, right? right? Right. So you weren't playing with a white ball. No, no, no. The white ball didn't come for yeah. several years later. Yeah. Until several years later. Yeah. Um. So, tell me more about the mechanics back in the '80s. Like, how did you do ticketing? Was it all by hand? Oh, definitely. Right? Oh, yes. Were you using computers or not at all? No. Right. So everything, like you were mailing people tickets, right? Yes. (laughs) Stamp. I mean, didn't even have self-licking stamps back then. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Exactly. Um, And so people would mail in their order for the tickets and you'd mail it back, right? mm Mm-hmm. And you had ticketing the day of. Definitely. Mm. Yes. And you you had a sheet. With all the seats, like a map yeah. of, the, of yes. the venue? Yes, that was not foolproof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, the, I, I, at all. So I, what would happen? Oh, someone would have double tickets. I mean, you know, this person had the same seat as that person. So every night would be like, well, I'm sitting there. Right? right, exactly. So no problem. Come over here and we'll, you know. <laughs> did, you do, did you do reserved seats or was it right we side wall, for, left side wall? No, Come we did no, definitely reserve seats. Yeah. Yeah. I probably not reserve seats the first year when it was just one wall. Right. But once it became multi walled, mm. then there would be um reserve seats. Mm. Yeah. But it, I was part of a team. Yeah. You know, there Don was Don was huge. Really? Yeah. Why? Because he carried it. You know, he carried it with his commentary and his yeah. voice and he did all the the really important things of massaging the uh, sponsors and and, sponsors, right? and yeah. he would yeah. you know you know John Nimick would take the court and he would boom out you know a little, what, a little yeah. bit about him and um, was he doing post match interviews no While on court that no wasn't something no, that no 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 did, no right? uh-uh. yeah. no post match no yeah. Um, yeah. Chairman Mills was very much a part of my team. Um, yeah. In in terms of the setup, they they really Partner, got yeah. it, yeah. yeah. And so we yeah. worked really hard with them. Yeah. But we had programs. Right. Yeah. Worked. With, I worked with a company up there. Well, there was a tour program for the whole year, and then you right. Then, and I mean, it was a right. Yeah. You know, in a way, some of the things you were doing back then were as sophisticated as you know. But we're still doing it that way. You know, some of the things. at the time. I I can remember the first time we did a pixelated program cover Mm -hmm. and that was fascinating and it was probably you know like 88 maybe something like that and thinking that oh that was so we've really come a long way you know (laughs) and we'd have little ball boys and ball girls and it would be my kids and someone else's kids and Gordy Anderson's kids or something like that it was fun Um, so like the sweeping of the court or the mopping of the court that Kind of, oh, that never happened. No, I, I right, John. Like if you if so. you guys fell, you just kept you just got up and played the next point. You didn't have somebody come up. And oh no, I sir, I don't remember there being court attendants. No, but yeah. the, but if the court if the ball went out of the court, which it which it would happen, the little kids would scramble and go get the ball. Well, that was Ghoul Khan's favorite stalling tactic back then. We had two <laughs> serves, so when he was winded or bushed, he would serve it <laughs> the first one out. Way out, like <laughs> like in the fifth round. It, it, the ballroom was big, right? Or the con- hall C find, was big. Find the ball. How far out could he serve it? 
<laughs> like two minutes would go by, and then the second turn. <laughs> That's fine. It was. All right, so um, 89, you moved the WPSA championships down to New York. Clive had a relationship with the Olympia in New York. And yeah. yeah, and Clive, when we talked for the podcast two years ago, that's what he described that relationship. Something, and So the tournament moved down here, and you helped put it on, right, the first year at the Winter Garden? Yes. So what was that like? That I mean, was like trying to sell tickets. Well, Zerlene was then came on board. Uh-huh. How did we find Zerlene? I, I was still playing. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, um, I remember someone introducing me to her and In asking, York, probably, right? yeah, down there. And then we had a meeting with her. I can't remember who the third person was. It wouldn't have been Dean, would it have been? At that time? Anyway, and we're trying to feel Zerlene out and we're, and I'm uh, all in. Yeah. I mean, from the get go. Right yeah. Exactly. But the biggest thing was the palm trees. Right. So the, how many palm trees were there? There were a couple dozen, right? Sixteen. Sixteen. And then the sunlight was coming well, in. So like, how did you solve the palm tree thing? Or you just didn't? You just put up the bleachers? We just and said suffered. we sold obstructed view right. tickets if if the palm That's tree was said. in the way. Yeah. yeah. And then people would be pissed off because they didn't understand that, what that really meant. And Zerlene dealt with it, you know, in her own good way. Um, she was Amazing, fantastic. Right, right. And then... So the sunlight with the atrium. The sunlight right? so with the you, atrium. You, you rented a, um, so a I, theater company or something? I went to a theater company and found black velvet drape that would cost thousands of dollars. And they came in and... The theater company? Yeah. And they hung it. And oh, they, no. You know what? Or you hire somebody to hang it? I think, I think actually... I forgot. I, I don't think... I think Chairman Mills hung it. Because Chairman Mills came down from Toronto mm. to do the World Financial Center. That's really crazy hanging up. And John McEnroe, remember John? We had a promotion with him and Tom Seaver, right? Yeah, and John John came down the escalator and on, swaggered onto the court um, mm. as a promotion. That right. was kind of fun. They played it. They they well, one of them came twice, two different years. Tom did. Yeah. Yes. And Kenton won one of those years. Yeah, he won. He won the last WPSA championships in 1991. Right. 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 Um, and you were doing the tickets by hand, and you were. I mean, you were. So during the day, everybody's down there. You know, back then. No cell phones. But yeah. But at night, you you said that you know you guys were staying up in the midtown. At the Lowe's. Well, we stayed at the Lowe's for a couple of years, but then we did stay down, Downtown. down there. Yeah. 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 At the end. At the Millennium at Hotel. At the Millennium. Yeah. And but you were saying that the, the the squash community wasn't there at night a lot of the time, so it was hard to get people to come down because they were sort of working down, but then they'd leave to go home or you know that they. Yeah, I think it was it was tough. Yeah. Tough filling it out. Mm. Um, but it wasn't unsuccessful. Right. Well, you did it six, six, six times. 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94. Was it six times? Wow. Everybody forgets that because of Grand Central, but six right. times with right. the palm trees. Yep, we did. <laughs> did you have hospitality in the whole nine yards? And... Yes, we did. 
Um, and who sponsored the World Financial Center? Lehman Brothers. Was it Lehman back then? I don't know. Yes, it was, it was Lehman Brothers. I'm not sure it was Lehman Brothers the first year, but they became the, they were certainly 90, 90, Two ninety three ninety four was definitely Lehman Brothers. I'm not sure what 89, 90, and 91 were. You, you, John, weren't... When did you start getting involved on the, the administrative side? 92. <clears throat> so I, I think I was the executive director of the association taking over from Dean Fisher in 92... Definitely 92. Yeah. 93 and 94. Because <clears throat> that's when we went through the transition of merging <clears throat> the hardball association to the softball association yeah. and changing the event even though we were using a 20-foot court so that had been another thing we didn't talk about that earlier on our that playcon glass court i believe was always 20 feet wide do you remember that even in 82 was it 20 feet because it was in 84 and i remember bob <laughs> and clive saying well look we're gonna we're, we want it to be this racquetball width because then the softball players, the international players, will feel more comfortable about coming over and playing our game. I don't think the first year in Sheridan Center it was 20 feet. It would have been unusual if it was, but at some point that did happen. People said, hey, let's, let's it's, have it. But it's even more sort of, I don't, I, it's possible that there was this, the components of a, quote, temporary squash court that were 18 and a half feet wide, and then two years later, Playcon made them 20. Yeah. That seems odd to me. Like, how do you, that would be a whole other court unless they put a foot and a half strip but in I the head wall. lots and, of conversations around it. Mm. Well, early, early on, it was a 20 foot court. And, okay. And then when we went. Um, so, as a player, would you, was that completely weird, or did you not even, you just got on and hit once and you were ready? It wasn't. It was not completely weird. It actually, I think, made you feel more like an athlete, because there was more space to cover. Yeah. So there was things were a little bit more dynamic, right. um, and it worked. I mean, yeah. it worked on a number of levels. Not the least of which is that John Gear came over and said, "Thank you very much. This is fantastic." Yeah. Right. Um, swept titles as yeah. a result. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, I mean, the Winter Garden was. It was amazing, right? In New York. I mean, it was fun. There was right? there was energy, you know, kind of like in Grand Central right. at that time. That was the, yeah. lots of people yeah. walking by and saying, right. you know, what is this? What is yeah. this? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, actually, just this time, the court going up um, at the beginning of last week, I heard someone say, "Oh, that's pickleball," and it was it was like. That's, oh, that's we, we ought to look into that, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> the fastest growing, right? It's it's huge. Yeah. It's, it's big where I live. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're in Atlanta. Yeah. 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 We all, we all, all play. We all play pickleball. Right. Yeah. Well, and I'm only half kidding. That you know we always build this tournament of champions environment in Grand Central Terminal, and only a few times have we ever done anything else with it. One of which right. is. We've, we've had 10 years of TOC Pong, so right. we put in two table tennis tables and we played ping pong for charity. But we did the spin-a-thon one year also. We did. So I always, in the back of my mind is always the idea that we build 500 seats, we build a box that is also a stage, that happens to be a squash court when we want to play squash on it, but easily can be transformed into just a stage. Right. And that you, we could do other things on it. Right. Well, people always said do a concert, you know, have a... 
solo artist or a band or whatever out there. Yeah, and you have the lighting. And, uh, Acoustics are tough there. It's yeah. tough to do a it's tough to do a band in the well, middle of, of the glass box. And in very metal. But we've done. Remember, we used to have the girls out there doing um, dancing. Um, yeah, we've done different things on the court. In Grand Central or? In Grand Central. Dancing, what, what like modern dance or no, like cheerleading? Cheer, more like cheerleading. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't remember that. What I think one of the most <laughs> unique things you ever did um, was bring the performance juggler, juggler performance artist Michael Motion right. to the glass court down at the World Financial Center. Right. And he created a show out of the angle he used the squash court and balls to create a a cascading type of really uh, performance art and juggling but it wasn't juggling like up in the air he was using the angles of the glass to rebound balls in a pattern and keep that pattern going and i don't know i've never seen any video of it but i remember it as a player i was like i remember the guy's name you know 25 years ago we should do that again it was so cool yeah. Was that sort of in between matches, or was that yes. the... It, it was a... It was a... Pre-finals. Pre-fin- yeah, exactly. In fact, we should call him up, because we have 20 minutes tonight we, to fill. I was and... just going to say the same thing. <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> Saying this, uh, thinking on, yeah. <laughs> wow. All um, right, so um, 1995, Zerlene calls you and says, I've just walked through Grand Central. 1994, <laughs> or 94. we're finishing the Winter Garden, the Winter Garden <laughs> event, and she says, I walked through Grand Central yesterday, or today, and this big room is up there, and it's empty. Um, you should go see it. And I went to see it the next day, metaphorically. I'm not sure exactly what day I saw it. And that was that. You know, there was no question that is the place to go. The, the room, it's unique, and I know it's unique because I've spent the last 25 years trying to find another one of these somewhere else in the world, and particularly in London. Um, well, you've looked at Union Station and, and DC, and you, you've gone around trying he's to. Looked, he's looked a lot of places. Well, where else have you looked? Well, London. I mean, yeah. I have spent a lot of time over the years yeah. taking time to be with our friends like John Beddington yeah. in London and say, let's go look at Waterloo and the let's museum. go. And the the Tate Modern, the Tate Modern, it, the yes. Tate, Tate Modern is the spot. Unfortunately, Tate Modern would be amazing. It, it's the spot, but but politically making it happen is a huge project. So we may, I don't know, I don't know whether in this lifetime or the next <laughs> we'll we'll solve that one. But um, but Vanderbilt Hall for 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 the, these characteristics of having a split room with one of Grand Central Terminal's six main egress pathways through it. Um, but, the, but the split halves um, accepting a glass court arena with 500 seats and, a, and an entire hospitality area on the other side um, is a unique yeah. construct. Right. Um, and so the split halves actually helps. Absolutely yes. helps. Because it gets yes. people right by the court. Rather than oh, over there, something's going on, but I gotta yeah. go. And yeah. and if you look at our Oracle NetSuite Open out in San Francisco, it's the thing that characteristic is the big thing we miss, we lack. The court is outdoors. Yeah. You could say it's public, but nobody, no public can really see it right. or see the squash. Right. We have to use the word, you know, we use squash 
in big letters to tell the world that it, we're here right. as a squash tournament. Right. But we have no real capability of inviting the public to watch for free. Right. And it, it's it's an issue. You know, if we could if we could solve it actually in, out in that area, if we could flip from the one side of the park that we're yeah. on to the other, to the we side. could have a more public event. Right. But, right. So the, 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 I, I believe that the success of the Tournament of Champions is actually built on that characteristic of the room, how it sets up, and that we can have 25,000 people a day pass by and see the sport, create that buzz and that energy. Yeah. And when it packs out, it doesn't hurt that the acoustics are awe-inspiring. They raise the you know hair on your arms when you get a roar from that crowd because it just goes down it and does. back and down and back. And yeah. Everyone stops too. Even if you're on the other side and you hear the big roar, everyone will look at the TV. And the monitors. And it wasn't the same back in the day in the Sheraton Center Ballroom. That was kind of a oh, muffled no. sort of thing. Right. And then the reverse was true with the Convention Center right. in Toronto. It was too big. Was the sound huge. would just go uh, go yeah. away. It would yeah. just leave. Right. Uh, right. Interesting. So that first year, you were trying to do it in April, but you had to push it back to, to June. The, you mean the, the event here? Yeah, Grand Central in, in 1995. Correct. That's right, and we it was, held it in June. We, and and it, we had to get air conditioning because it was, it was so hot. So they, <clears throat> you know, like for $2,000 at the time, I think it was something like that. Was that all? I think so, but it seemed like a lot, really. Um, anyway, so they, they brought it down through one of the windows. Park, we had to park, park a temporary HVAC truck, truck right. up on the viaduct and yeah. bring it in through and pipe it silver in. foil tubes. Did it work? Yeah. yeah, but it was. Asked. I think it was a wee bit more than two thousand yeah. dollars. But right, I'm sure maybe, you're right. Maybe it was two hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a dent. <laughs> and um, so that was June. And the other thing you did was you dimmed the chandeliers. We did. That right. was two thousand. That was two thousand dollars exactly. That's we where we first coined the phrase, I think, that we use still today, which is everything costs two thousand right. dollars. There isn't anything that doesn't right. cost two thousand dollars. You know, we need more catering. It's two thousand right. dollars. Right. You know, we we need to um, right. get get these signs that aren't right. We need to get new signs. That's two thousand dollars. Nothing costs any other amount. And in dimming the this interesting the chandeliers, I got the electrician to show me how to do it. Mm -hmm. So we'd go back in this warren of things, and I would dim them and then bring them up right. when the um, match was over. Match was over. So I was in complete control of the lighting back cool. then. Right. I know. Can you imagine? And now, you know, it's all union guys. Oh, and, right. It's a whole um, thing. Yeah, it's, it's totally different. Yeah. Well, and the security was different back then in 95, right? The security, um, I, I think... The medics and the fire, like the whole thing yeah, was very... Yeah, we didn't have right? EMS, right. you know. Um, <clears throat> I might have had stone security mm. back then, but... Um, but a very low key, yeah, right. very low key. Yeah. yeah. Um, just so you know, I'm going to have to go in five minutes. Okay. I have to go twelve fifteen. Okay. Um, but you can stay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you did the event. How was it? Like, was I know that there became a buzz once Sports Illustrated did the article. Right. But was there a buzz that week? I mean, it was June, so people were sort of, you know, summer, or did it like, was it a huge success, that, that, that first one? I think June, is, June was hard. 
people we, weren't playing squash, and they, I, I remember us trying to market it, and and it was difficult. I don't really remember what the attendance was. I don't even really remember how many glass court days we did, but I do remember we had New York sports clubs as a partner, mm -hmm. and they had been the long-standing sort of supporter of the sport, right. and Mark Tasher and Harry Saint and the crowd. Um, right. And Mark Tasher was very important in us holding it and having being able to finance it that first year yeah. in 95. Well, they were the official title sponsor, presenting sponsor? They split. Uh, we, we begged Lehman Brothers to stay with us because we were leaving the Lehman Brothers World Headquarters. Right. And so Dick Fold said, all right, well, we'll, we'll stay with you, but we, we can't give you the title sponsorship. So it actually was a partnership between Lehman and New York Sports Clubs. But what I remember is New York Sports Clubs built a gym. Right, and it was a real infrastructure, and they brought one on of the their awning marquees yeah. that you see outside of a regular New York sports club, and that caused engineering problems. And how was it going to be mounted? And was it under the chandeliers? And and it was a logistics yeah. kind of thing. But so right. all of a sudden, on that west side of the room, we had a temporary New York sports club, soup to nuts, like weight machines and yeah. and benches, and people benches. were working out, and oh, they yeah. and they Turning were the, they were selling memberships. Yeah, you know and and. It was, a, it was a great promotion. I think they spent a lot of money doing that, and so that they didn't do that again right. as extensively. But, um, right. but it did give the event a really cool feeling and also a very sporty, athletic feeling because yeah. we were marrying right. all sorts of sports it, together. It added energy, for right. sure. Right. Yeah, it was good. Um, you said something about like the electrical panels on the floor you would find. It was like they'd never, Grand Central had never done a sporting event, right? So they didn't, it was, it was sort of ad hoc, and you were having to figure it out on your own? Or, right? you, so we used to bring... This is where the, the basement of 56 Spooner became the, the de facto um, closet for the Tournament of Champions. And, and I still to this day... Actually, I've gotten rid of most of it. Have bags and bags of... Bags uh, of, extension of extension cords. cords telephone cords. Telephones. Telephones lamps. Lamps. Um, and we would literally go around on the floor and pull up one of those nice brass, weighty electrical outlet protectors and stick something in and see whether it worked <laughs> and none of, and every phone socket every other phone socket didn't work and but it was all landlines and it, right? And it was, right it was landlines yeah. and not only was it landlines like we needed one for the box office or we need three for the box office but then in the vip area like a hotel lobby we wanted phones we wanted phones, in the, we wanted yes. phones so you could sit so, down and we would have and make a call. And make a call. We have armchairs and, and little tables. and. But we hadn't up. even figured out the phone bill. And so at the end of the first event, oh. we got a phone bill for $1,700 yeah. for yeah. calls that people were making. Exactly. And people were calling Pakistan. Right. The players were calling right. Pakistan. Right. And you know, we had no idea. We, we, we just plug and play. And, and we didn't, you know, there was no Wi-Fi or, you know, anything like that. So no internet. We no. didn't have to go through a company. All you had to do was plug it in. Plug it in and work. Yeah. <laughs> and Serlene would have like three phones at the ticket and, and uh, at the ticket desk, and she That's would be true too. nine months pregnant. And and she'd have three phones going exactly. at the same time too. Exactly. I'll get you two tickets for Friday. Hang yeah. on one second. I'll get you two. And it was all still by hand. It was not yet computerized. Yes. So. It was all by hand. Yeah. She was she was amazing. She was. Um, so then, then you had the hiatus. You had the Heist Casino for a year, right? Um, Ninety six, which was a great event, but you know, 
at private clubs. Sponsored, ironically, by a sunglasses company, uh, Bolle. The Bolle ski mask and sunglass. Yeah. Which was a contact through... And it felt like... Sorry. Yeah. Or I was just going to say, it just felt like going back. Right. It was like a step back. It was... I was not excited about that that year. Right. I mean, Jonathan Power won the event, and it was exciting on the court, but it was... You, you put the glass court up on the tennis court? Yes. Yeah. The indoor tennis court? Yeah. 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 That was back also in the day when the most nerve-wracking part of putting these on was the court. You know, the court arriving on time, the court crew arriving, um, and then literally getting it up because it was... There was not an efficient process and, 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 to this like there is with getting McWill. It, getting it inside. Getting it inside and, you know... B- Sort of hiring people who had bits of intelligence, sort of, to come and do it. Who, 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 who was who owned the court, or who? Where did you get it from? Was it still Doug Hoke? No. But I remember that court in the late '90s. It was like a rickety. It was not a. The, the plastic would bend. The, the contribution was. Remember the floor? It, was, yeah. it, it yeah. had like a bounce. Yeah. To it. Did yeah. the association buy it? Maybe the PSA I mean, owned maybe it. Maybe so. I think the so. The WPSA. No, yeah, I was, that was PSA, yeah. Yeah, so and no, the, the PSA did, never bought P, the court. The PSA never no. bought the court, and the WPSA no. didn't have any assets, so they must not have bought it. Um, did Dave Carr have it? It wasn't Dave Carr didn't put it up back then, so mm-hmm. no, it was it was Doug Hoke, wasn't it? I, I, that name means nothing to me. Did it come oh, from it doesn't? Canada? Yeah. Did it stay in Canada? Yeah. So was it a PlayCon? It was the PlayCon play court. Con. It was. Yeah. It was the play Concord. It came exactly. down from Canada. Right. But you told me about, uh, you would, uh, Grand Central was closed from like 2 to 5 or something. And you said you would wait outside, pre-cell phone, remember? wait for the guys to pull up. in oh, yeah. the freezing cold oh, yeah. one year? Because you didn't know when they were coming. Right. So you would just stand out there And waiting. they didn't come till like 5. And John and I are standing out on the street all night long. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember doing the same outside of the Heights Casino. We were. It wasn't so. The weather wasn't so bad, but we were Wait. hoping the truck would show up. Yeah, and no, no knowledge of whether it was coming as planned. So one night, you guys stood outside on Forty Second Street, just sitting there waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 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 in, in January. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a low point. <laughs> and he used the same court for the U.S. Open at the Harvard Club and mm-hmm. um, uh, Symphony Hall and the Sheraton and all, all all those years up in Boston, right? right. And Cyclorama. And yeah, right. But you were using that one in in, in the late '90s, the same court. When did it? Switch and, and through over? through you know. For a while, till you switched. Well, there's something a little bit odd about this yeah. because the court, the PlayCon court that we used for those early years was glass. The court we used in those middle years was yeah. plastic with yeah. contravision. Right, right. So, but we would apply the contravision. Yeah, but I'm saying it's a different court. But you, you would actually apply it yourself. I thought it was baked into the glass. No, 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 no. no, it was, no. It was, but, had, but the guy. To... Actually, the, the guy, guy whose name right. I can't remember from England yeah. would come over and put it on. Exactly. Yeah. And we always had that issue of why do we have to have it on the inside? Because it would racket, racket heads would tear it Correct. and pull it. And we would always say, can't, can't we apply it to the outside? Um, and you couldn't. Because you couldn't. the way the adhesive 
and the dot system, the adhesive was on the back of where the dots were. So there was no adhesive on the front of the dot, so you couldn't just take it to the outside. And it would, get, you're right, it would tear and there would, there would be pieces Ashes missing. And, yeah. and the ball would bounce kind of funny. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Can I leave you? Keep, keep going. You are, yeah. is it? Yes. Can I? All right. Um, so when you came back in 99, that must have been just so awesome to come back. It was. Right? Because, you know, Grand Central was by then transformed. They, they had done this incredible renovation. Right. Yeah. And, and people would come and gawk at the, you know, at the beautiful. The chandeliers and, and the, the marble. the beautiful ceiling and the yeah. concourse. Right. Um, right. It was really a huge step for us yeah. because all of a sudden this building is a I mean it was a landmark I think because Jackie Kennedy right. on NASA right. saved it but it had seen rougher days right exactly um, and by then I think I think maybe by then had they taken out the uh, benches yes. on the, the waiting room benches yes. Were the benches there in 95? Yes. They were. And that you could see where people's yes. feet had, because yes. the floor was, yes. you know. The, it, the indentations. Indentations of, on the floor yeah. where people had. 80 years of people's feet. Yeah. Always struck me. Yeah. yeah. And um, you still can find them today. Like the yes, little bumps. They're there. Exactly. Yeah. But you have to hunt around for them. Exactly. So 99 was, was a the big deal. The benches year. were there in 95. So you put the court in the uh, the the bleachers and everything around. Right. Yeah. Wow. Right. That first year was incredible. It really was. And we had no production company in the in the first couple of years. I was the production company, which was really sad because, you know, it was it was an it was an insurmountable job. Yeah. Um and would, would you come two, three weeks early? Like and then no. just work but you when you were here you were just working eighteen hours a yeah, day. Yeah. Definitely. Just insane. That insane. And um, so then it became apparent that we needed a, produ- a real production company. And that's when we hired Event Central and never looked back. They've been fantastic. Really? Yeah, they're real partners for us. Um, so back in the day with no production company, no electrical layouts, no lighting systems, no, um, you know, I would, I would furnish the VIP area through. You'd rent stuff. Rent stuff. You'd go around and say, "Can I rent exactly. thirty chairs, please?" Exactly. And three telephones. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, guy made a call back. <laughs> um, so it was it was behind the scenes. It was Chaos. chaotic. Yeah. But I think. It didn't really show mm. that nah. way, nah. Um, and the hospitality would um, would always run fairly smoothly. Bettina yeah. was our catering, catering. Right. partner at the time. I worked with this woman, Sharon Calabello, who I'm actually having lunch with today. Um, that we we had a good partnership mm. together, um, and that evolved, and that evolved with the different sponsors Um, and now with J.P. Morgan they were the first ones to say you know let's make this a grazing menu Um, and then they wanted their VIP area kind of separate from ours 
So it would be a little further back and right. have a little, right. you know, Space. fence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that was that was a big change. Yeah. And then, 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 of course, Great Northern Food Hall coming in. Well, so that was a dramatic. That was dramatic. Was, I mean, it, it seems like it just happened, but it was what three years ago. This is our third year. With with that. Working with them. Yeah. And the first year was Hard. was not it was not good. Yeah. Um, and. And as much as, and the person that I worked with mm. had real issues, so that was that was a really terribly tough year. Right. But then the second year, I worked with a new management team, and that was an eye opener for all of us because we realized that we could do really good things. Mm -hmm. And then this year has been really lovely. So what's been different? about from the first year to now in terms of the is it the layout or it the, is yeah. a lot of it is the layout mm. a lot of it is is how the space flew flowed mm. so all the food was there was a kiosk yep. in the back there that's now just gone as of this year and the food was way back there right. so no one even knew what it was it was on this tiny little tray and um and it was messy mm -hmm. and the menu was plates and and, and it, yeah. it was it was just not it was really ill-managed and this poor person i think that had been you know thrust into this right. this big right. role was not ready but we liked having before that came in it was, a, it was having the tournament we we had our own space and you did the catering there and you had the the Dunlop and the you know it. right so that yeah, was the a really boost along yeah. along the south wall right and we had all these different you know Sea Island or whatever you know exactly. these sponsors with their their booths exactly um, so that was a great it it was terrific yeah. and tickets and wheel call would be there and so That's people right. would yeah. you know kind of yeah. be yeah. on that side and right. walk around well and there was a bar there was a bar I mean uh, um, yeah not a, a big public, bar but I tell you but a public bar people. <laughs> That bar was popular. Exactly. Exactly. It was like a saloon. It was. Yeah. It was like all night people it, were in there. It, it, really. And in, the, I, and in the early days, I don't really remember that many video screens. No, I was just going to say about the video screens. The first year, I, I, we didn't have any. Yeah. But then we finally got one. Yeah. Um, right. And people would sit at that bar. And watch. As you say, all night long. Right. Yeah. But even though... The live action was right, right there. there. You could hear it. Right. They like they like sitting at the bar. They did. They did. Um, that was a great bar. Yeah, but that's right. The first year there were no no video screens. No. Mm mm. Mm mm. So yeah, it's it's come a long so way. So every year I've showed up since you know starting in '99, and the first thing we haven't had this conversation this year, but the first thing we'd always start talking. I say, well, what's new this year? And every year you had some innovation some fine-tuned some you know subtle or, or obvious change that you know it was always something new every year and I must admit that that is really the work of John Nimick yeah. John has he has you know you have to be creative to be doing this kind of job yeah. because you have to be creative in solving problems in in re reacting and customer relations in lots of different areas. areas. Yeah. John's creativity in making it every year something yeah. better, yeah. like the, yeah. the anniversary yeah. dinner we had, Probably I mean, right. that was huge. 
and a big and operation was, to put together. It was huge. I mean, you you had, you you had flew people in from all over the world. Exactly, exactly. Incredible. And and John had this vision. Yeah. Um, it it was just just fantastic. Um, so he's he's really the creative. Yeah. I believe the creative force. So tell me more about what what are some of the things that you have to do now that you didn't have to do twenty five years ago. Well, our my budget for security is now up to like forty thousand. And in what was it in nineteen ninety five? Like probably ten. Ten bucks. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, it was nothing. Yeah. Um, I don't even know when we had security. Honestly, I don't know. Right. Right. I can't imagine we did. Or yeah, I mean, I don't. Re- in ninety nine, I don't remember anything. I mean, there must have been something. But and we had garbage bins all over the place and well tell me about the rats the rats the rats so we had the um vip area at the very west end south wall to north wall west end taking that maybe 40 feet at the at the end there and we had carpet um and i would you know i'd rent little sofas and chairs and a bar and everything like that and honestly, I, I would always be the first one down in the morning. Right. And What time? Early. Like six. Yeah. I, I'd always be down there early because there was a lot to clean up and a lot to do and garbage right. and beer cans and right. everything like that. And the rats loved all the crumbs, I'm sure. And I'd hear... And so I got... I got the first time I freaked out. So then I, I finally got, I got... The next time I got a little smarter, so I would go down... And I would take like a shoe and I would bang it, and then you'd hear these little scurrying. But then they they wouldn't leave. they wouldn't appear. Yeah, right. So I didn't have just to look at them. Just all that you wanted. Exactly. Didn't want I just didn't want to have to look at them. <laughs> um, so yeah, Grand Central was dirty back right. then. There was no we we cleaned. You know, I, I did. You had to do it. Yeah. There was no Temco. Um, that would come in and, and vacuum and empty all the garbage cans and you know mop up spills on the. You, you were know, doing that. You were emptying the trash. Yeah, I'm still emptying the trash. I mean, it, literally. Literally, it, I I do have a a Temco guy assigned, um, two periods a day. But it, if the trash is overflowing, just do it. Um, well, that's sort of your attitude with everything. I think. Right. I think you just Let's sort of, just get you it just done. Do it and not. Right. Figure out later why right. somebody else didn't. Yeah. Right, it doesn't bother me to be yeah. doing things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the, the also we have now assistant station masters called ASMs mm-hmm. um, who are not not very efficient, right. but they are assigned to hopefully help control the passageway and not block right. commuters from right. going right. in and out. Yeah. It, they don't work very well at all, right. and and I think Jones Lang LaSalle knows that. And Jones Lang, Jones Lang LaSalle did not operate this. Well, building. it was Metro. Who who operated it in the beginning? I guess it was Metro North. Metro North did right. Yeah, exactly. So my meetings would have just been with Metro North. Right. Um, but then JLL came in, and things started to get a little bit more sophisticated. We had to remember, we had to submit an electrical plan. So I was learning about wattage and um, voltage, voltage and, and, crazy, and yeah. things like that. And that was tough. I mean, right. hours and hours of, of layers of submitting all of those things. 
Now I have a production company that does all this. Right. So they do it. Are they based here in New York, or are they? Uh, they're in New Jersey. Okay. And they come in. But and... but and they know Grand Central, right. um, which is which is really terrific. But I was. This is you know back when I was you know I was doing all the layouts for the booths and having all the VIP area done and drapes and everything like that and um, rugs and and then and not having any real you know parameters you're just doing it and um, I wonder what year so this is the sixth year for the um, women's leadership luncheon which is now the women's leadership luncheon but the first two years we did it on the the west west side side. that's right Um, and put up you know, overnight, yeah. we'd work overnight. Well, you said that a couple of days ago. That, so you, you had to, like, to redo the yeah. the, the space for the we luncheon. We had to break down, um, you know, all the... the Booths the, and the things. Well, we, would, we <clears throat> wouldn't break down the booths, but, but we the, would try to, you know... Make space. Make space. Yeah. And put up, put up towel, uh, tables and tablecloths and, you know, um, yeah. keeping the food warm and... Right. Podium and riser, yes. I think all, we did it three that. years there. Did we? I think this is the third year at the Yelco. Maybe the fourth. I think but you're right. No, you're right. It's I mean, three. It's, we uh, did three incredible. years. And so that, that would take you to what time? What time were you? Oh, under the gun. You like know, all night? Yeah. And then 11.30 would come and we would we were still, and I was, I was hand doing all of the um, last minute people who weren't coming who were were now coming who yeah. decided to come right. um, people just showing up and yeah. trying to put people at different tables and um, that that was that was crazy but now Ashley and I are we're a good team yeah we well, are that's right and it's all yeah right. so it's it's worked out a lot better um, so in 1999 or in 1995 it's hard to imagine but there was no internet there was no there was the internet but there was no streaming no. Oh no. So that has added a whole layer of complication, right? That this, you know, this whole team and they need a place and the announcers and the video and right. And building the tech deck, that was that was huge. So whose um, idea was that, or how did that? Who do you think? John. John. Yeah. yeah. He said we've got to get them up. And, you know, the only place we can go is up. Right. And yeah, you can't go. <laughs> it's no. Such a and such a small space. It is tiny, and he was so right. And at first, you know, everyone was, I think, telling him, oh, yeah, that's never going to get approved. Um, yeah. And, and it, it, I think, so we have an engineer who has to come in and approve our space. Every year. Every year. And I think the engineer bill that, that year was just sky high. Um, so, wow. Um, wow. So having the tech deck was, was terrific. But it was also really expensive. Yeah. And they, they do that every year now. They build that thing yeah. up and take it down. Yeah. Yeah. And it's lovely. Yeah. I mean, I mean it works. It works. Yeah. Your stairs Although, are steep. <laughs> they are steep. Have you been up there? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I was um, on, up on the, in the back wall seating structure on the right side wall closest to the tech deck. Right. And you could hear Joey and yeah. PJ and talking you know right talking about it, and right. I, it kind of bothered me a little bit, but it, because I was standing right there. Right. But I think people 
well, in there. Well, do you remember for a couple of years we had these like little earpieces? Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, remember we are trying to do that. Oh, my gosh. Where you could listen to the commentary. Right, right. right. That right. didn't like, really like, go you know, over. Sort of, it didn't work. There was something sometimes wrong with the... Um, yeah, with the piece. With the piece. Yeah, uh, exactly. But the idea, I mean, people still do it a little bit, uh, you know, that they'll, they'll, they'll boot it up on With their, their phone right. and then listen to the commentary, which is great. Right. I think so, too. I mean, it's like going to a baseball game and listening to the radio. Exactly. It's, it adds a whole layer. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they're it, good. And what they're saying right. is, you interesting. know, interesting. And you're watching right. it. So. Right. Right. Um, and you have the video screens now in the... In the um, the what monitors, are, yeah. What are the things on the walls, the gabos, the... Gobos. Gobos. The lights. Yeah, so that was a big innovation, that right? That was. That was. And I think that was John again. And the, the, to have J.P. Morgan right. uh, in the back. Right. Because what happens is every photograph that Steve Line takes exactly. has J.P. Morgan. And all the video from the front has J.P. Morgan, Morgan on the on the back. Right. And it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a big innovation. That was. Yeah. And I think that our first gobo was that one. Mm. And now we have gobos on the west side as yeah, well. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And on the floor. Yeah. And I don't know if you've noticed, but um, Sean Martin is our um, event central producer. Okay. And does um, takes all the cues and, and everything like that. But anyway, he has, when the players walk on the court, he puts the colors of their country flag on the court floor. Oh, wow. Have you noticed that? No, I haven't noticed that. He just did that on his own this year. That's yeah. neat. It is very neat. Yeah. It's creative. Right. Yeah. And there's all the little touches like that. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the pins. How long? Pins. How many years has it been? been just this is our second. Second year, yeah. Right. right. That's right. going to become a thing. I think so. You know? I liked last year's pin better. Yeah. Well, it's different, right? Yeah. I think we should. Anyway, we'll keep on, we'll keep on with the pins yeah. or something of that. Right. Right. Of that kind. Yeah. 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 And having you know merchandise and Dunlop out there, we moved them out onto yeah. the ramp. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took us years to get permission to use the ramp. Really? Um, they yes. wouldn't. No. Nothing was there. Not part of the event. Sorry, can't use the ramp. Um, so then we finally were able to use the ramp. But you know, the ramp goes like that. So it was like that the first year. And then, so then we, you know, Leveled had enough money to. To guess, to have it leveled leveled off. <laughs> so what I love on the other side, across the way from the Dunlop, is the uh, the scoreboard, the the draw, draw board. the yeah. drawboard, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's still by hand. I mean, uh, you know, you you print out all the names, right? Right. right. Are you doing it? Do you put it? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But you know, it needs to go digital, and so we did digital two years ago. Do you remember that? No. Okay. And it was it was a failure. Was it in the same spot? Or it was, was in the same okay. spot, so it was two pretty small screens, uh-huh. but the pixelation was never right, yeah. and so you couldn't really read it. Yeah. You couldn't, yeah. and people yeah. were frustrated. Staring so at that's it. when... We went back. We went back. But now, we, you know, I think the least we could do is print out the scores, you know, without it being handwritten. Well, for me, it feels like we're at Fenway. And the, you know, the, you know how I they do the scoreboard at Fenway, and I it's do. just like that. It's just like yeah, this it's is a, it's this a lot is like, like that. This is how squash was, and you know, TOC is so high tech in so many ways, right? But there's like this one part that is still right. analog, right? Exactly. I, love that, you know? I do. I think. I think <laughs> next year I would. It's, it's be sad to see that go. <laughs> it will be. Well, it will still take someone, you know, to 
type it in, type it in, and get it, get it up there, yeah. and and everything yeah. like that. So it's not completely without some no. hands. That'll on. be sad to say yes. goodbye to that. Exactly. And I, you know, you you print all uh, all the names, like because in case somebody wins right. more matches, exactly. like you need to have them seven times or right. whatever, right? And then the wild card, you know, you you're always going to have to hand print that because right. you're never going to know no, that but you know that. what's really great is that there's no qualifying anymore right you know i used to have to hand do the whole qualifying Draws. because the qualifiers would show up the day before was it the day well, you'd before? have the, the cattle call at noon was that it one i think it was, <laughs> it was one day i mean it's amazing like it's only been a couple of months now but that was a huge part of the event having qualifiers uh, and they would show up the day before and yeah. there was always be one person that didn't late. quite make it. Yes, and they'd run it at twelve oh five, and they they were kicked out. Oh, right? I just felt so horrible about that. So it, and they'd be like, "Okay, tomorrow you're playing at three o'clock. You're playing at five o'clock. You know, and exactly. And you had to like grab all these clubs all around the yeah all around the city yes. to, to to put this on. Right, complicated. Right, but you know, having the Manhattan Community Squash Center around the corner, Bryant Park, I I think that's going to be a really big big place for the TOC and the right. MCSE to do a lot of a lot of things together. Partner, yeah. yeah. Well, do you know anybody involved in that part? In, in, in the... <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening on SoundCloud, um, thanks for uh, liking and, uh, and following and commenting. Um, that's great if you're on Apple Podcasts, um, thanks for uh, rating and, and most importantly, writing those reviews. Uh, thanks for all your, all your support on that. Outside the Glass would like to thank our producer, Grant Irving, our social media manager, Laurel Holly, and all our loyal listeners who have reviewed and rated the podcast, shared their enthusiasm for it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and most importantly, has spread the word by talking about Outside the Glass with their squash buddies.